0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Uh, now, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be preaching a message called "Exercising Empathy," and uh, you know, oh, if we haven't met, my name's Jared. I'm the youth pastor here, and get to hang out with Embassy Youth and all this crew, and just love you guys heaps. But uh, let's just cut the formalities. Um, I mean, it's funny because I'm, like, I'm preaching from a phone tonight and I've never really done that. I usually prep on a computer or whatever and type it up and then print off all the notes and like scribble and whatever. Um, but I I've chose to, to preach on a phone tonight and it's just, it's, man, I just find phones so funny, eh? Like being a youth pastor, man, and working with youth, it's just like apparent that like, people are just glued to their phones in like a scary level. Like, it, like, it's a scary level. They're like Gollum, bro, with their little, my prayer, my precious, like, you know, like, it's like separation anxiety every time they put their phone down, and it's, it's just weird, and I was just thinking about this idea of, like, um, you know, no, like, phones, and and what phones kind of mean for us, and what they kind of promote, and what they emphasize, and, the kind of thought patterns that they, um, like, produce in our lives, and... um I just find it funny, because it seems like everything in the world wants us to become more self-absorbed, more self-centered, more just all about me, um, hashtag selfie, you know, selfie, I, I, I despise selfies, um, and a lot of people just are judging me right now, um, but uh, we, we just live in this crazy world where it's like, it's all about me in the West. It's all about me. It's like, what can I get? I'm the consumer. Consumer rights. Give me what I deserve. Give me, just give me, give me, give me. And I think there's a direct link to the amount of time we spend on our phones and absorbed in our own little bubble and the connection between just the mental health crisis that we have at the moment, yeah. you know, and I didn't bring any stats or data, but it's just so clear that ev- like the evidence that when, when you become more self-absorbed, when you become more like just self, just enclosed and insular, you are eventually gonna get depressed. I know that's true for me because we're not really that good um, and we're, not, we're nowhere near as good maybe as, as or worth our attention as we think we are. Um, we 're amazing, but there 's so much more beyond ourselves and so tonight, um, I, I wanted to preach on empathy, and really, I see empathy as the um, the the ability to imaginatively imaginatively consider the perspective of someone else it, it, it's it 's a process of thoughtfully and thoroughly considering someone else 's reality, and you know by default the world won't really let us do that. They, it just feels like everything is like, do you, you do you, boo, boo, and don't worry about nothing else. But I really believe that like biblically and, and what God's heart is, is that we'll become more and more open, that we'll become less self-absorbed. And, 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 and I, I really believe that the most mature and intelligent perspective, man, I don't think the world knows what to do with intelligent Christians I don't even think the church has figured that one out yet. Um, but I think the most mature and intelligent perspective you can ever have is the perspective of empathy. E- empathy is the attempt to see the world through someone else's eyes, to feel what they feel, and, and to really attempt to understand where they're coming from, to, to, to really feel what they're going through. And... I kind of coined this phrase and maybe I'll tweet it once I get Twitter. But um, I, I, I just reckon like you can either become empathetic. There's only two choices really. You can become more empathetic or you you can become apathetic or just pathetic. <laughs> um, so you can choose, right? And um, the, the way I think about um, empathy, it, it's like a muscle that has to be exercised. Like, I know some of you look at my physique and and you just assume I go to the gym. Um, That would be true. Uh, And so (laughs) I've been gyming for a few months now. But man, when I first started gymming, it was not pleasant. I went with my friend. He was like benching like maybe, I don't even know, maybe like 80 kgs, which is like 10 kgs more than my body weight. Just on his pecs, he was lifting that. And um, we, uh, we, we went through this routine, this regime, and this workout, and um, I, I thought I was good, you know? Like, I was lifting similar-ish weights to him because I was really overextending myself. But what I realized is that the next day, like it's, like, it's New Year's, right? And I was talking to someone earlier, and they said they just went to this F45 uh, program, and they said they were feeling so good for the first few days, but come day three, They were numb all over, and they just couldn't feel anything. Okay, she's exposed herself. It was Maddie. Um, (laughs) um, And uh, the thing with like physical exercise, working out, hitting the gym, like exercising like the muscles, is that at first, man, it's like the last thing you want to do, like If you, like, New Year's resolutions, like, yo, I wanna lose 10 pounds or, like, you know, gain 10 pounds if you're a guy because all guys just wanna be heavier, it feels. Um, Or lose that, you know, that that bare belly. Um, When you first start, like, working out is so difficult because it just hurts so much more. It's, like, so much more of a cost for you to go to the gym because you just know you're gonna ache horrifically for the next week. Um, And I think empathy is kind of like that at first, it's like the muscle that we work out. And when we, you know, first come to faith, and some of us haven't come to faith, there'll be an opportunity for that later tonight. But when you first come to faith, it's like, man, everything about the culture we live in is telling me to focus on me. And I'm the center of my world. And then like Jesus comes into our life like a flipping like meteor. And and we slowly get convinced and realize that we're not the center of the world. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a happy realization. It's very freeing. But what happens is with our perspective is that when we get saved, nothing actually changes about our mind. Like, you know when people say, oh, I got saved, the grass was greener, you know, the next day. Like, if you've had that experience, I love that. But for me, it was just like, I didn't feel anything on a psychological, you know, mental level at all. I was just like, ugh. Oh, it's still me. Oh, okay, cool. Um, still thought the same way. But the thing with um, empathy is that it's so countercultural because everyone's looking out for them and theirs is that it's like a muscle. When you start exercising empathy and considering other people thoughtfully and thoroughly, you, you actually begin to um, break through into this, into this new realm where it actually gets a lot easier. Like, think about... Um, Think about, uh, you know, actually, no, we'll go, we'll go there later. We'll go there later. Um, eventually, with the gym metaphor, eventually your body and brain readjusts. It actually just readjusts. And what I found is that after maybe a few weeks or maybe a few months, the thing that I actually used to despise doing, I just really started to desire doing. <laughs> like I would wake up in the morning and be like, let's get some gains, bro, let's get it, like, let's go for it. Just this like weird, like it felt like autopilot motivation, but because I just trained it long enough, long enough until my body actually readjusted, I actually started to desire the thing that I used to despise, and it's the same with empathy. Um, the first thing that happens when you, when you start exercising empathy is that you get a heightened level of self-awareness. Now, I know that sounds like some whack Eastern philosophy, I promise it's not. Um, when I say self-awareness, I don't, it, uh, people think self-awareness is still being self-absorbed, but self-awareness is actually the antithesis. It's like the exact opposite of being self-absorbed. I, I like to think that um, self-aware people, um, they know their value, but they also know like where they, what part they play in the big picture in the grand scheme of things. They're not self-centered. They're, they're others-focused. They're God-focused. They know where they fit. They realize that, they they are not all there in a slice of bread they have weaknesses they're flawed and becoming self aware is about realizing more and more how your behavior affects other people and what which 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 actually makes you um, more empathetic, it, it, it helps you realize that wow, okay, people actually they have a different perspective. They believe different things to me. When I said that thing, they thought I meant that thing. Or when I did that, they thought I meant that. Being empathetic makes you very emotionally intelligent. It makes you very self-aware. And it's funny because immature people have very little self-awareness. Man, it's it's crack up. Like, I just love watching people, bro. And they're just in their own bubble and they're just floating around and just on their phone or like, you know? Just going through life in this little bubble, lacking empathy or not choosing to exercise empathy. And they're so aware and so conscious of themselves that um, they just, they're afraid. Like, they're genuinely afraid. I believe that social anxiety is like a, is like a um, flow on effect from that. But... um Immature, generally people with an immature perspective that don't have empathy or haven't chosen to exercise it, I kind of think like, like think when you're in the grocery store and um, you know, you're know, you just doing the flat shopping or with the, for the family or whatever. And um, there's like that mum with the baby and the baby's like, can I have some chocolate? And the mum's like, no, sweetie. No, you can't. And then, and then they just flip their lid, bro. Have you guys ever seen that? Some of you guys are those mums, eh? Hey? You got those kids here. Um, but uh, um, th- thinking of this, like the, the baby itself, they're they they they're not necessarily doing anything wrong. They're just very unaware that because they're not getting what they want and they're screaming their head off, they are ruining everybody else's shopping experience. But they're not aware of it. Like you see those kids like in public just like dancing like to the music and that just like losing control, but they actually just are not self-aware. Um, that's all good when people are five, but when they're 30 and lack self-awareness, it just gets a little bit sad, bro. It, it just gets a bit, um, it, it gets a bit sad. And, you know, I really have met people that are 30, 40, 50, 60. I used to work for a guy like this. Like, just, I just had no, he just had no concept, he had no space for anyone else in his life. It was just him, it was his way, he had to be right. It was my way or the highway. And these people are still acting like they're five. Like they, 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 they're they, all smiles when things are going their way. But as soon as they don't get what they want, they flip their lid. Do you know anyone like that? Um, no pointy fingers, please. Um, and why is that? Why Why do people like live in that Perpetual cycle of just like refusing to consider other people. And I think the reason is, is because they've neglected to empath- exercise empathy and consider the bigger picture. And in doing so, they have very little self awareness. Um, I think one of the biggest problems with my generation, and I'll take ownership of that, um, is that we want everything, like everything. Give me the job. At $20 an hour for doing nothing. I don't have any experience. I got nada. You're not going to add value to your business, but I want money. You know, I, I want everything, but I'm willing to contribute nothing. That's a problem, y'all. That's a serious problem, y'all. Um, we cannot survive very long if you haven't realized, like, this church kind of culture and community and, and this kind of counterculture is that if you come to church with that same mentality, you're gonna get offended and leave real quick. And you're not gonna survive very long. Your, your faith is actually gonna end up dying if you have that mentality. Um, but if you have the mentality of a contributor, man, you're, you're gonna thrive for years, man, decades. If you adopt the, that, 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 um, that outward-focused, um, empathetic perspective of what can I bring to the table, man, you are never gonna run out. If you love people as if you never will run out of love, you're gonna go a long way. You're gonna go a long way. That's just a side note. Um, As you continue to exercise empathy, now, so so we've talked about self-awareness. We've talked about being aware of who I am and my value and where I fit in the picture. Then it moves to a place of concern. So not only are you just aware of like, yo, this is me, this is where I fit, but now you're also starting to notice people in your world. And, and you're, as God continues to grow that in your heart, like you're gonna begin to become genuinely concerned about other people. And um, you, you're, you're, uh, I like to say that when this transition happens in your heart, then you're like, you're qualified to be a leader because you're not gonna be leading from a place of, I need position or profile or praise or... Anything else, you're genuinely just gonna be leading from a place of concern and love for other people. That's the quickest way to leadership, man, for real. Take, like, write that down, y'all. If you wanna, like, grow in leadership this year, just ask God to grow your concern for other people. And Stephen Covey, he is the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He would refer to this as, like, your circle of concern, So if you think about you in the middle, your circle of concern is the people in your world that you've made room for. They're like the people that have a place in your heart. Like if anything were to happen to them, you would be genuinely like concerned. Um, And what I find amazing about God is like his circle of concern is so big that He he can care and be concerned for um, to the fullest extent, every single person on the planet at the same time. <laughs> That's unreal, bro. That's a big heart. And unfortunately, we don't possess that same capacity, but we all care about at least someone. we got friends and family, right? Some of you guys have family here and friends and 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 wider than that, colleagues and people in our worlds. And when we exercise empathy, we begin to connect and understand the people around us in a much deeper way. We, be, we go beyond just like the foyer, church foyer chatter or surface level chatter or like lunchroom chatter and then we start moving into like what actually matters, like matters of the heart, you know? And if you are concerned, you are gonna become much more connected with people. If you never open up and you're, and you're never really con, concerned about how people are doing, like, that, like you can't really build friendships that way. And when we reach the point of concern, we become much more socially proactive. We don't need to wait till someone asks us to hang out. We're instead initiating it because we're just simply concerned about how other people are doing. Oh man, I thought of this guy the other day. How's this, how's this girl doing? Like? What's happening with that? I got a new job. You, you just become genuinely interested and concerned about the well being of other people. Does, does that make sense? And a concerned friend. Man, that's a good friend. That like, a cons- like, how many people have like a concerned friend? Like when I say like, man, name like maybe one or two people that genuinely care about you. Man, I, I love those types of people. And it's, it's hard being friends with someone that isn't concerned. <laughs> because they demand your energy, your time. They wanna call you at all hours of the night. They wanna <laughs> use your money. And they, they just wanna, like, they just, it's so, it's like a black hole. And, and I may or may not refer to these people as leeches. Um, don't quote me on that. Because they just, oh, there's that, like, just that mentality. I'm not saying them as a person. I'm just saying the perspective they've adopted is, is one to, to to suck the life out of people. And um, whether that's deliberate or not, um, usually it's not deliberate, um, But the conundrum of that, like the social dilemma, is that the people that are friends with people that are like that, like they're very aware of it. Do you know what I mean? Like like excruciatingly aware that this person is sucking the life out of them, you know? But it's it's kinda it's kinda funny because if you are that person, you probably don't know it. Do you know what I mean? because you're not self-aware. You just you just still think the world revolves around you. And in that case, this is just my two cents. Like We don't have time to preach on it today, but maybe Josh could do that next week. Um, is that, you can just clean up the mess. <laughs> nah. um, is that in those cases, man, like genuine concern, that should lead to healthy confrontation. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're not getting hit up by your friends now and again, and like, you got to hear their heart, like where's this coming from? Are they just like having a bad day, or are they actually concerned for me? And Proverbs twenty-seven six, it says the wounds of a true friend can be trusted. Man, when one of your mates that you that you love like hits you up, like you should probably listen to them, because they're the, they're they're one of the people that actually care about you. And if you haven't been challenged or confronted, man, I love my I love my boys, man, like just. Like even some, like you boys over there and just the gang, like oh, it's so raw, you know. Like you just walk in, like fully, like like armored up to the teeth. Like every time we hang out, we're just like, yo, I'm about to get roasted, but I got something to dish out too. Like, it's just the best. And if you don't have friends that challenge or confront you, um, chances are you like you need to find some real friends. Is that harsh? Find some real friends. No fake friends, amen. Yeah. Um, as you grow in empathy, we've been talking about concern and that, 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 that like being concerned for people, being aware and then being concerned. And um, the next thing, and I'm, I'm gonna wrap up pretty soon, but you move from self-awareness. If you keep exercising this empathy and keep choosing to like consider other people's perspective. Man, I had a chat with someone the other day about like smoking weed. And I was genuinely just curious like where where he was at with that. And I wasn't like attacking him. I was just like, bro, like can you just help me understand how you got to this point? And it was actually really healthy. Like I know where I stand on that. And it was just a healthy conversation, but I only had that conversation because I was exercising empathy. I wasn't trying to be right. I was just trying to like build a relationship. And as you move exercising empathy, you got that self-awareness, then you're concerned and then you arrive in this like beautiful place called compassion. This beautiful place called compassion. You can see the progress here, the progression. And I see compassion as the extravagant, overwhelming, undeserved love of God leaking out to the people around you. Should I say that again? I'm probably gonna cry, man. Um, I see compassion as the extravagant, overwhelming, undeserved love of God leaking out to the people around you. It's it's an intense care for the people in your world. And in and, in and, and Mark 634, um, man, I used to, when I used to preach, like when I get up to preach, I'll be like, man, I wonder if I'm gonna cry. I hope not. <laughs> but now on the side, Jesus, like, just do your thing, man. Um, Mark six thirty-four, and Jesus, and Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So, as a result of that, he began to teach them many things. He was moved with compassion. There was like a it's like an inward, he just had like an inward pull. Like have you seen like um The Mask of Jim Carrey? And he just like, oh no, no, it's liar liar with a claw. And he like can't control he's like the claw. Um can't like control. It's like Jesus had the claw of compassion. And like he would just gravitate towards people because he just he could feel like he could sense them. Like Jesus was the most like Spirit, like sensitive, perceptive, discerning person that's ever walked the planet for real. Like, he, he, um, this is just off the cuff, but he was, he, he talked to that disciple that he called that was sitting under the tree, and he knew that, like, this disciple had been talking smack about him. But then he's like, You're a true Israelite, bro. Like, I heard you under the tree, I sensed it, and I know why you said it, but like, I still love you, I still believe in you. He was so compassionate. And um, the root word, this is just some good, good stuff to know. Um, the root word of compassion is compati, which means to suffer with. That's powerful. Um, compassion is when someone else's pain becomes your pain. It's, it's when someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. And it's when someone else's reality, like wherever they're, they're at, that becomes your reality even for a moment. And, and consider Jesus, man. Every, every breath that He breathed, every thought that He thought, every word that He spoke, and every single thing that He did was motivated by pure compassion. That wrecks me, bro. That actually ruins me, man. Like he, everything he did was motivated from this place of pure compassion. And the fact that God chose to become a human, that really shows how how compassionate he is. Because he didn't just say, man, I wanna like imagine what it would be like to be you. Like he became us. Do you know what I mean? he could have gladly stood back and abdicated responsibility, and rightly so. But he was so compassionate that he became who we are. And he experienced the complete spectrum of human emotion to the fullest degree, betrayal, pain, hurt, anger. And he experienced the most severe pain any human could tolerate. and the the most intense separation from God that any person could bear, all all to say, I feel your pain. I know you're hurt. And I love you. That's what Jesus came to do. And His compassion is overwhelming, man, if you couldn't tell. Um, and 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 I really believe that this is how we're gonna change the world. That when we allow the reality shattering, soul obliterating, life transforming, fear destroying, compassionate love of God to flow through us, that's how we're gonna change the world. Do you believe that tonight? And My challenge to us tonight really is just to ask you to pick up the dumbbells now and again and just start exercising some empathy until God brings you to this point where, man, you are madly just consumed with the love of God. And if we would just begin to consider someone else's perspective, if we would take our focus off ourselves even for a moment and just choose to look with eyes of love, that's how it will change the world. And in this moment, um, if I could have every head bowed and eye closed and I'd like to invite the band to stage, we're gonna worship God tonight and sing about his love. And in this somber moment, I know, I know there's a lot of tears and all that, all that good stuff, but I, I really want to give people an opportunity if they have never responded to Jesus before, if they've heard about this love, if they've heard about this Jesus, if they know this guy intellectually but not on like a heart level, um, I would like to give you an opportunity to respond to him tonight. And so if that's you, you don't know God and you feel like you're distant from him, then I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to him, man. Like I I just want you to raise your hand with every head bowed and eye closed and um, really just want you, like would hate to miss this opportunity for you to come back to God and receive Jesus as your Lord. So if that's you with every head bowed, I want you to just raise your hand on three. I'll see it. We're gonna pray together and um, it's gonna be awesome. So if that's you on one, two, three, raise your hand now. If you wanna respond to Jesus tonight. I'm gonna give you a few more seconds. All across the room, every head bowed. If you wanna respond to God tonight, you're in a safe place. Cool. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is, um, and while every head is bowed and every eye closed, I, that no one put their hand up tonight, but if you just feel a bit afraid or whatever, you can just come see me or one of the team afterwards. But I really just want us to pray for our worlds for a sec. I'm just going to pray a prayer and let's just agree. But I really believe that this love, man, if we can just get a hold of this, like your whole world could be utterly transformed. Um, So dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this great community of faith and we just thank you for your love, Lord God. Your incredible love. And God, I pray that this week as we get back to work or in a few weeks, Lord God, that um, as we just get back into the grind, that we will just allow your love to flow through us. That is borrowed. We don't have to try and manufacture it. You just want to flow through us. And that we would see with eyes of empathy, God. That we would exercise empathy. That we would take our eyes for us off ourselves, even for just for a moment, and consider other people in our worlds, consider our friends, our family, the people that we lead, the people that we're um, concerned about. And God, we just pray for this year. We just declare that greater things are coming ahead and that the city is gonna get utterly transformed by the love of God. In your name we pray.